2: Is looking at you kid
3: hello and how are you oh no really with an Alsatian hmm. oh well onwards and upwards eh episode 10 here it goes lots of shout outs this week hello Luke And hello, Jodie. And hello, Passenger Osborne. Big shout-out and mucho encouragement to my daughters, Molly and Matilda, who this week started their own podcast. It's called Little Bookworms Podcast. So rush and subscribe. Big congratulations to Down These Mean Streets Podcast, who've just reached their 50-episode milestone. Amazing podcast. If you're into old-time radio, go and get it now. I've often wondered as I'm sure all of you regularly do. What is the best hat advert? If only someone would compile the top five hat adverts, or hatverts, if you will. Wish granted.
4: History's five greatest hatverts. Number five. Dr. Weird, I'm breathless. You mean... The beginning of my story, as you excited? Well, yes, but it isn't only your story that leaves me breathless, Doctor. It's those Adam hats so many men are wearing this season. Gentlemen, I honestly doubt whether you'll see hats with more distinctive styles, fine quality material, and bright jaunty shades. They're like a new breath of life, and such variety. Number four. Did you have a Merry Christmas yesterday? Young man... Don't mention Christmas to me. Why, what's the matter, Doctor? I was hoping to get a skeleton this year, but... Oh, Dr. Weird, I know just how disappointed you are. And gentlemen, if you were hoping for an atom hat this Christmas, but didn't get one, I can sympathize with you too. Number three. Uh, Do you always think of horrible, terrifying things? No. Only last evening I was out getting a breath of air. Ah, you breathe. Yes. I saw some Adam
2: hats. They were fine-looking hats. I walked in, tried
4: one on. And what do you think? What? I look just like a person. Number two. Uh, Dr. Weird, before you give us the second half of tonight's tale, can you tell me why you're called doctor? Easy. When people listen to this program, I show them how to avoid such... uh, unhealthy things as being murdered and... uh, Well, somehow, doctor, I doubt whether that would cure anybody of anything, especially a case of nerves. But I'd like to tell the men in our audience how to cure something that can be cured. It's old hat-itis. Being addicted to the same old weather-beaten hat. The only real remedy for old hat-itis is to go out and get yourself a good new hat or two or three. Now, atom hats are priced so sensibly, only forty-five dollars to $10, you'll easily be able to afford more than one. Number one. Say, uh, Dr. Weird, what kind of a doctor are you? Well, I'm an MD of a different kind. Doctor of madness. And I am a DH. Doctor of hats. Hello to any hat
3: doctors out there, by the way. God, I want a hat right now. I want an Adam's hat. So last week, a uh, new Blu-ray collection came out. It was called The Best of Bogart. And uh, it included the movies The Maltese Falcon, Casablanca, The Treasure of Sierra Madre, and The African Queen. So pretty standard Bogart blockbusters in there. What I thought I'd do this week is give you four alternative Bogart films that you may have missed, but are equally interesting in their own ways i'm sure none of you need an introduction to mr bogart himself one of the most iconic actors of all time people always do tend to remember him for well the four films i just mentioned the maltese falcon of course sam spade casablanca where he played uh, rick blaine the treasure of sierra madre is an absolute masterclass in paranoia if you haven't seen that you have to go watch that people dismiss it as a western i think too often it's actually not Western it's just set in the West it's a it's a really claustrophobic study in paranoia and betrayal. It's a fantastic movie and the African Queen, of course, which was uh, the film that Bogart won the best actor Oscar for, finally, and it's one of his greatest roles, Charlie Orner, the drunk captain of a rundown steamer who uh, falls in love with Katharine Hepburn's prim British missionary. And together they decide to uh, use The African Queen, the name of the, the steamer, to sail down a dangerous river and fight the Nazis. It's a wonderful film. It's a great Sunday afternoon film. But anyway, those films get a lot of love all the time. But have you seen Dead End from 1937? It's set in the tenements of New York and it's an adaptation of a stage play by Sidney Kingsley from 1935. It's very, very play-like. It all takes place on one set, really. And it follows a group of characters who struggle against the poverty they live in and the hands they've been dealt in life. Humphrey Bogart is a gangster in this and he's had plastic surgery. He's back in the tenements to find his childhood sweetheart, who he's still in love with. He wants to take her away from the slums, but he's also back to visit his mother.
2: Mom! Mom! Mom. It's me. It's me. I only had my face fixed.
1: You're no good,
2: Tramp. Mom, ain't you glad to see me?
1: That's how glad I am. You dog. You dirty old dog, you.
2: Mom, what kind of talk is that?
1: Don't call me, Mom. You ain't no son of mine. What do you want from me
5: now?
1: Then get out of here before I crack your face again.
5: His
3: mother rejects him completely, and when he discovers that his childhood love is, is now a syphilitic prostitute, it sends him over the edge, which leads to the film's climax.
6: I'm tired. I'm sick. Can't you see it? Look at me
3: good.
7: You've been looking at me like I used to be.
2: When do you get a job?
7: They don't grow on trees.
4: When
7: you starve first why didn't you well
6: what did you
3: expect it also stars sylvia sydney uh, john mcrae the dead-end kids uh, who obviously got their name from this film uh, this is uh, the film in which they all came together and they went on to make a career out of it it's a well-written film and uh, it's got some great faces in it great performances uh, but it is very stagey uh, it's almost like watching a play that's been filmed well, which it is, I suppose. And it does suffer from some long, slow patches. But it's definitely worth a look if you want to see some early Bogart. The next film I want to...
6: <laughs>
3: oh dear. Um, well... The next film i want to tell you about is uh it's from 1939 now you've all seen bogart as a romantic lead and you've seen him as a gangster and you've seen him as a man of action but i bet you've never seen him
6: as a vampire <laughs>
3: here's a clip
4: looking for
2: something Help you. I, uh, I was waiting for Dr. Flegg. What is it you want? I wanted to speak to him about a blood smear. I'm Dr. Rhodes. Oh, Dr. Rhodes? How do you do? My name is Kane. I've often heard Fleck speak of you. Oh, yes? Yes, he thinks you show great promise, particularly in the study of blood composition. That's very kind of you. Yes, I may wish to discuss that subject with you myself someday.
3: So this is the return of Doctor X from 1939, directed by Vincent Sherman. <laughs> what can I say about this? Film? I'm only telling you about it because it's it's uh, it's dreadful. <laughs> it's okay though because Bogart hated it too. But uh, I'll tell you a bit. Um, it stars uh, Wayne Morris as a reporter who discovers a famous actress dead in her hotel room and when he fetches the police, the body has disappeared. So he teams up with his friend, Dr. Rhodes, who's played by Dennis Morgan, and they soon discover an infamous child murderer has returned from the dead with the help of a scientist and is uh, is murdering people with a special blood type and uh, taking their blood in order to remain alive.
8: Remember, 100 years ago, anesthesia would have seemed equally incredible. Even 50 years back, The possibility of X-ray would have astounded the world. 20 years ago, would anyone have believed that the living, pulsing human heart could be held in a surgeon's hand, operated on, and the patient walk again? But to revive a dead man? Yeah, I don't believe it. You've told no one about your visit to the cemetery? No, sir. Then come with me.
3: The film is massively unremarkable. The only remarkable thing about it is that Humphrey Bogart is in it. He's a vampire with a streak of white in his hair. It's an absolute dog of a film. The continuity is all over the place. The story makes no sense whatsoever. The leads are atrociously uninteresting. Wayne Morris is particularly vacuous. (laughs) And then it just stops. And you realise that not even the sight of a vampire, Humphrey Bogart, is enough to make you want to watch it again. (laughs) It's terrible. But if you're a Bogart completionist, you have to see it. But otherwise, avoid, 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 avoid. Another crazy role for Bogart in 1947 came with uh, the two Mrs. Carols. I briefly mentioned this film in episode six, the uh, the Rathbun Bruce documentary, because it co-stars Nigel Bruce as a busybody doctor who likes to drink. Uh, But it's worth mentioning here... As it's one of Humphrey Bogart's weirdest roles. He plays Geoffrey Carroll in this, a very moody, passionate artist who falls in love with Barbara Stanwyck's Sally. They marry and start life together in the English countryside, but soon he starts to become quite distant, and then he begins an affair with a very haughty, snobbish socialite played by Alexis Smith. And soon after the affair starts, Sally starts to feel ill, and uh, it's not long before she discovers that uh, Humphrey Bogart's first wife died in very mysterious circumstances after suffering symptoms very similar to her own.
6: But
1: going to all those shops, didn't that make her very tired? Tired?
0: Mother? Nothing ever tired her. She was wonderful at sports. She
1: used to beat father at tennis all the time. Father didn't like that very much. I don't understand if she was an invalid. An invalid? Where did you ever hear such a thing? Someone told me once. Well, I I took it for granted. Oh no, you're very wrong.
3: And then there's the little matter of the secret that Bogart's hiding in his studio. It's a grotesque picture of Sally as the Angel of Death. Sally dear. Turns out he painted his first wife in the same way just before she died. It's very overblown. Quite melodramatic and not altogether successful. But I do have to admit (laughs) to holding quite a special place in my heart for it. Um, Maybe it's the fact that Nigel Bruce is in it, or that it's so obviously set on a stage all the way through, or that it depicts a picture postcard England that I just love to look at. Or maybe it's because Humphrey Bogart (laughs) is an absolutely deranged, drooling, batshit crazy, wife-murdering psychopath in this film. (laughs) It's such a curio. It's had quite a bad drubbing by the critics ever since it was released and to an extent their points are quite valid that it is you could call it miscast I suppose I personally think it's brilliant because Humphrey Bogart is in it but despite its faults I can't help liking this film and I can't properly explain why I have put a full review of the two Mrs. Carols on the website at boyclarence.com. so take a look and see if you agree with me The last film I want to tell you about is also from 1947 and if you're any kind of Humphrey Bogart fan, you've probably seen it already, but I have to give it a mention because it's one of my favorite films. This is the third film that Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall made together and it's called Dark Passage. It stars Bogart as Vincent Parry an escaped convict who was wrongly convicted of murdering his wife, who returns to San Francisco to clear his name. Uh, he finds help in the form of a mysterious stranger called Irene Jansen, who's played by Lauren McCall.
1: All right, let's climb in my car and get out of here fast. What is this? You're lucky he's still alive. Let's go, I want to help you. Why? Please, we haven't much time, Vincent.
2: How'd you know my name?
1: Does that matter?
2: You were the police.
1: If I was, I'd have a gun. Look, I'm trying to give you
2: a chance. I don't get it, but... All right, let's go.
3: The movie isn't so much about the mystery as it is about the suspense. The remarkable thing about Dark Passage is that the first hour of the film is shot in the first-person perspective. We are literally looking through his eyes, feeling his utter paranoia and fear. It had been done a year earlier, in uh, Robert Montgomery's film uh, The Lady in the Lake. But for me, Dark Passage is the better film. Halfway through the film, plot twists mean that instead of not seeing Bogart, you don't hear him. And while it sounds like a gimmick, this is not a gimmick. These are really effective uses of cinema to convey a story. It's a very un-Hollywood film. It's all set in San Francisco for a start. But when you see it, you'll know what I mean. There are hardly any sets. It's mainly set on the streets You really do feel the paranoia and the darkness closing in on you as you're watching it. The mystery is completely secondary. What the film achieves is making you feel the absolute clinging paranoia of someone on the run. And when someone knocks at the door, you're instantly in fear of who it might be. Even the act of making it downstairs without being seen becomes this fist-clenchingly taut exercise in suspense. It's the most Hitchcock-like film that Hitchcock never made. It's an absolute stone-cold classic. Do yourself a favour, be the person that recommends this film to your friends and then spend the rest of your life soaking up the adulation you get because of that. You're very welcome.
2: Mind answering a few questions, sir? No, I've got plenty of time. Where's your raincoat? Oh, I'm Uh absent-minded. Let's try it again. Where is it? Okay, I haven't got any. That's better. Why not? I told you I was absent-minded. Is that why you're up so early? Couldn't sleep. Why not? You're uh, you're curious, aren't you? I'm paid to be. I've been curious for years. Well, uh, what do you want with me? That depends. Who are you? Well, my name's uh, Linnell. Alan Linnell. I'm a I'm an investment counselor. What's AT and selling for? Uh, 170. I got ten shares. Got any tips? (laughs) You can't do any better than AT&T. Your office here in town? Uh, Portland. Rains a lot in Portland. What are you doing here without a raincoat? I'm hiding. From what? My wife, my friends, my family, everybody. Come on, now, it can't be as bad as all that. Yeah, I tell you what you do. You go up there and live seven years with my wife, and then if you're still in your right mind, come back down here and tell me about it. That why you got the shakes? I told you I couldn't sleep. Sorry, fellow. We got orders to check everybody that looks suspicious. Well, I always figured i looked look normal. You do. But you asked for the race results at Bay Meadows and the racing season's over. Not normal. That's why I moved down to say hello. I'd love to see your cards. Well, I haven't got my identification here. It's too bad. You got me trapped. Now I'll have to take you in.
3: This week's radio play, of course stars Humphrey Bogart, in perhaps his most iconic role, that of Rick Blaine in Casablanca, alongside the original stars Ingrid Bergman as Ilsa and Paul Henreid as Victor Laszlo. Enjoy.
8: Lady Esther presents the Screen Guild Players. The Screen Guild play tonight, Casablanca. The Starling Players. This is Humphrey Bogart.
0: This is Ingrid Bergman.
9: And this is Paul Henry.
8: Tonight, <laughs> Lady Astor presents the Screen Guild Players in Warner Brothers' exciting story of romance and intrigue in wartime Africa Casablanca. With the original stars of the picture, Paul Henried as Victor Laszlo, Ingrid Bergman as Ilsa Lund, and Humphrey Bogart as Rick Blaine. Barely escaping the conquering Germans' entrance into Paris, Rick Blaine fled to Casablanca. There... Months before the American troops landed, he was operating Rick's American Cafe. Casablanca swarmed with refugees, and Casablanca's more permanent foreign residents did a land office business in exit visas and letters of transit. Rick, however, avoided involvement in that dangerous business until the night our story began. He was in his office above the cafe where he could watch and hear the crowd below when his head waiter called to him.
9: Yes, Carl? The of police,
7: Captain Reynolds, would like to speak to you. I'll send him in. Yes, sir. All let right, we'll see you, Captain Reynolds. Thank you, Carl. Hello, Rick. Hello,
2: Louis. Why the formality?
7: Well, I have some unpleasant news for you, Ricky. You mean you're looking for more grabs? Oh, no, no, no. At least not right now. Uh, my men arrested Ugarte on his way to your roulette wheel, Ricky. Well, except Ugarte, what's so unpleasant about that? Well, oh, in itself, nothing. But we arrested Ugarte for murdering two German couriers and stealing their letters of transit. Bugatti did not have those letters of transit when he was arrested, and he's seen no one but you, Ricky, since the murder.
2: What are you building up to, Louis? Arresting
7: me? No, not immediately at any rate. I just want to give you a word of advice. Bugatti was going to sell those letters tonight to Victor Laszlo. Laszlo? Here in Casablanca? Yeah. You know, Ricky, this is the first time I've ever seen you so impressed. As head of the underground movement, Laszlo's impressed half the world. Yes, it's my duty to see that he does not impress the other half. Rick, Laszlo has never reached America. He stays in Casablanca. 20,000 francs says he doesn't. Oh, make it 10,000. After all, I'm only a poor, corrupt official. All right, <laughs> no, it's a bet. Well, no one else would dare supply Laszlo with exit visas, Ricky, and since he can't leave Casablanca without them, make certain that you don't give him those letters of transit. Yeah, but I... Oh, you needn't deny it, Rick. I'm certain you have the letters. But even if I had those letters, Louis, you know i stick my neck out for nobody. That's yes, too date, But I suspect, Ricky... Under that cynical shell, you're a sentimentalist. Now, if you'll come downstairs with me, I'll introduce you to Major Strasser and Victor Laszlo and his charming companion, the most beautiful woman who has ever come to Casablanca.
5: You must remember this. our kiss, is still a kiss. A sigh is just a sigh, the fundamental thing that blood as time goes by. Sam! Sam! Yes, boss?
2: I thought I told you never to play that song again.
0: Well, boss, you see, I didn't really... Sam's not to blame, Rick. I asked him to play it.
2: You? Ilza?
0: Yes, Rick. Ilza.
2: What are you doing in Casablanca?
0: Just traveling through with Victor Laszlo. Where is he? He'll be right back. He's looking for someone.
7: Well, I found your wandering escort, Mademoiselle Lund. Ricky, I have the honor of introducing... We're old
0: acquaintances, Captain Renault.
7: Oh, you know each other? Well, then, Ricky, do you also know... This is Mac-
0: Mr. Victor Laszlo.
9: Well, here's a great deal about Ricky in Casablanca.
7: And about Victor Laszlo everywhere. I congratulate you. What for?
9: Oh, your
2: yeah. work.
7: Thank you. I try.
2: We all try. You succeed.
7: I can't get over you and Mademoiselle Lund knowing each other, Ricky... Under the circumstances, it worries me. Well, it needn't.
0: Let's see, Rick. The last time we met... Was
7: it La Belle Aurore?
0: Oh, nice. You remembered. But, of course, that was the day the Germans marched into Paris.
2: I remember every detail. The Germans wore gray. You wore blue.
9: I don't wish to be the one to say dear sir. But it's late. we will come again, Monsieur Blaine?
2: Any time.
0: Will you say good night to Sam for me, Rick? I will. There's still nobody in the world who can play as time goes by like Sam.
2: I'll tell him. That's what she said, Sam Nobody can play as time goes by like you
5: Aren't you going to stop drinking and go to bed, boss? No
2: Play as time goes by, Sam
5: Oh, I don't think I can remember it, boss. If she
2: can stand it, I can Play it I I got a date with a memory in Paris.
5: You must remember this. A kiss is still a kiss. A sigh is just a sigh. The fundamental things apply. Now I really
6: know the meaning of happiness, Richard.
0: It's being here in Paris with you.
2: and the German army, 50 miles away. Who are you really, Ilse? What were you before you came to
0: Paris? (laughs) At the beginning, we said no questions, Richard.
2: You know, I can't help wondering why I should be so lucky. Why I should find you waiting for me to come along.
0: Why there is no other man in my life? Well, that's easy. There was. He's dead.
2: I'm sorry. I know we said no questions. I'll never ask another.
0: Richard, you must leave Paris before the Germans arrive. You're on their blacklist. Now, their
2: role of honor. Oh, don't joke, Richard. You must leave. No, 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 no. We must leave.
0: Yes, yes, of well,
2: course. now the train for Marseille leaves at five. Say, why don't we get married in Marseille? <laughs> no.
0: Oh, that's too far ahead to plan.
2: Hilda, what's the matter?
0: Nothing, darling, nothing. Hmm. It's just that I love you so much. Oh, it's a crazy world. Anything can happen. If you shouldn't get away, if something should keep us apart, wherever you are, wherever I'll be, I want you to know. Richard. Kiss me as if as if it were the last time.
5: A kiss is still a kiss. A sigh is just a sigh. The fundamental things apply.
2: Boss, wake up. Uh, Boss, you got to wake up. That lady's here. And this ain't no memory in Paris. She's right are here. you yeah. as drunk as I am, sir. No.
0: No, he's not, Rick. I'm here. I left Victor at the hotel and came back. I'm, I have to talk to you.
2: Uh, funny about your voice, how it hasn't changed. I can still hear it. Richard, dear, I'll go with you any place. We'll get on a train together and we'll never stop. No,
0: please, please. I can understand how you feel.
2: You understand how I feel. How long was it we had? I didn't count the days. Oh, I did. Every one of them. Mostly I remember the last one. You and I were going to run away from Paris together. But you didn't meet me at the station, did you? Please, Ricky. That was a wild finish. Me standing on the platform. The last train about to pull out But you didn't show up, and Sam had to push me on the train.
0: the Rick I loved in Paris would let me explain, but this Rick, looking at me with hatred. (laughs) I'll be leaving Casablanca soon. We'll never see each other again.
2: You'll see me before you go? No, Rick. Oh, yes, you will. Some night you'll lie to Laszlo and come to me.
0: No. No, you see, Victor Laszlo is my husband, and was even
2: when I knew you in Paris. (laughs) Well, Laszlo, I wondered when you'd come to see me.
9: Captain Reno and Major Strasser kept me busy for the past
2: 24 hours. Now, there's no use fencing around. You've come about those letters of transit, haven't you? Yes, I have. You and Strasser and Reno. Seems to be the general impression in Casablanca that I have those letters. Suppose we assume that you have them. All right, go ahead. You must know it's very important I get out of Casablanca. Why you? More than any of the others stuck here?
9: It's my privilege to be one of the leaders of a great movement. You know what I've been doing. You know what it means to the work, to the lives of thousands and thousands of people that I reach America. And... Don't you ever wonder if what you're fighting for is worth all this? We might as well question why we breathe. If we stop breathing, we die. If we stop fighting today's enemies, the world will die. What of it? And it'll be out of its misery. You know, Monsieur Blaine, you sound like a man trying to convince himself of something he doesn't believe in his heart. That wasn't always your attitude. You ran guns to Ethiopia. You fought against the fascists in Spain. I was well paid on both occasions. The winning side would have paid you better. Isn't it strange that you always happen to be fighting on the side of the underdog? (laughs) Well, let's say that I'm a poor businessman. Are you businessmen enough to appreciate an offer of 100,000 francs for those letters? Oh, I
2: appreciate it. But if you offered me a million francs, I wouldn't accept it. Very well, then. You have the letters of
9: transit. You won't give them to me but I want Ilsa to be safe. Monsieur Blaine, I ask you as a favor to use the letters to take her away from
2: Casablanca. You love her that much? Yes, I love her that much. Oh, sorry, but it's no deal. But why? I suggest that you ask your wife. My wife? Yes.
4: (laughs) Who's singing that song?
9: Albert Strasser and his Gestapo agents followed me here.
2: Now, don't start anything. I don't want any trouble in here that'll force Reno to close my joint. You have no objections to your band accompanying me
9: while I sing, do you? No, go ahead. I'm neutral.
2: One customer can sing, they can all sing.
9: They all will sing.
4: Are you ready?
2: Yeah, we're ready, Mr.
9: Laszlo. Then play it. Hello.
5: Hello.
8: Act one of Pasablanca, starring Ingrid Bergman, Humphrey Bogart, and Paul Henreid. In just a moment, we will hear act two. But first, here's a word from our hostess, Lady Esther.
1: Don't you just love this time of the year when everything seems to be taking on new life, new beauty? You know, your skin is changing, too, these days. From the winter-weary dryness of February and March to the lovely spring-like freshness of April... And what a pity it is for anyone to hide that fresh, young look of the skin, that lively, awakening April look of the skin, with a mask-like face powder. Does the powder you use accent the fresh, delicate tones April brings to your skin? Or does it hide them, cruelly cover them up, make your skin look a little pasty and drab? Now, if you want to keep that springtime look to your skin, if you want your skin to look fresh as a daisy all day long, and young and lovely as all-awakening nature around you, try Lady Esther face powder. I know your heart will miss a beat when you look in your mirror, for Lady Esther face powder brings out all the subtle, delicate charm that nature gives your skin this time of the year. Women say it's by far the most flattering face powder they've ever used. You see, Lady Esther face powder isn't just mixed in the usual way. It's blown by hurricanes, color and powder particles whirl together with the force and speed of hurricanes. The result is a powder so smooth and fine in texture, it hides little lines and blemishes. So rich and exciting in shade, it adds instant life and beauty to your appearance. So if you want to see the miracle of springtime take place right on your own skin, before your own mirror, treat yourself to Lady Esther face powder.
8: curtain rises on the second act of Casablanca, starring Humphrey Bogart as Rick Blaine, Ingrid Bergman as Ilsa Lund, and Paul Henreid as Victor Laszlo. <music> Angered by the manner in which the patrons of Rick's Café joined Victor Laszlo in singing the Marseillaise. Major Strasser forced Captain Renault to close Rick's place and ordered Victor Laszlo and Elsa Lund to remain in their hotel.
0: Victor, I'm frightened. Please don't go to the underground meeting tonight.
9: To tell you the truth, my dear, I'm frightened too. So shall I hide here in our hotel room or shall I carry on the best I can?
0: Whatever I would say, you'd carry on.
9: Since our friend Rick has refused to part with those letters of transit. What else am I to do?
0: Did did Rick give you any reason?
9: He suggested I ask you. Ask me? Yes. Yes, sir. When I was in the concentration camp, were you lonely in Paris?
0: Yes, Victor, I was.
9: I know how it is to be lonely. I love you very much, my dear.
0: Yes. Yes, I know. Victor, whatever I do, will you believe that...
9: You don't even have to say it. I'll believe. I must get to the underground meeting now. Good night, my dear.
0: Good night. Hello, Rick.
2: Well, I told you you'd be around to see me, but this is a little ahead of schedule.
0: Richard, I had to see you. Also,
2: I'm Richard again. We're back in Paris. Please. Your unexpected visit isn't connected by any chance with the letters of transit, is it?
0: Richard, you can ask any price, but you must give me those letters. I
2: went all through that with your husband. It's no deal.
0: Richard, we loved each other once. If those days meant anything at all to you... I wouldn't
2: bring up Paris if I were you. It's poor salesmanship. Please,
0: please listen to me. If you knew what really happened... I
2: wouldn't believe you no matter what you told me. You'll say anything now to get what you want.
0: Richard, don't you understand? You are our last hope. If you don't help us, Victor Laszlo will die in Casablanca. I well, it?
2: I'm going to die in Casablanca. It's just a spot for it. Now, if you... Well... Well, I... I see you come prepared for anything. Give me that gun.
0: No. I tried to reason with you. I tried everything. Now, if you don't give me those letters, I'll shoot. Go ahead. Get me those letters.
2: No, they're they're right here in my pocket. I don't have to. If you want them, you'll have to kill me to get them. If Laszlo if the underground means so much, you won't stop at anything. And if you don't shoot fast, I'm going to take that gun away from you. Now give it to me.
0: Oh, oh Richard. I try to stay away. I thought I. I would never see you again. That you were out of my life. If you knew what I went through the day you left Paris, how much I loved you, how much I still love you. We had been married only three weeks when Victor got word that they needed him in Prague. He was captured almost immediately and sent to a concentration camp. Then came word he was dead. I was lonely before, but then I had nothing left, not even hope, until I met you.
2: But why didn't you tell me all this in Paris?
0: Victor made me promise to keep our marriage a secret. He was afraid that if the Gestapo found out I was his wife, it would be dangerous for me and for those working with us. I kept my promise.
2: And then you got word he'd escaped?
0: Yes. A friend called, telling me that he was ill and hiding in a freight car near Paris. I didn't tell you because you wouldn't have left Paris and they would have caught you. Well, you know
2: the rest. It's still a story without an ending. What about now?
0: I'll never have the strength to go away from you again. And Laszlo? You'll help him now, won't you, Richard? Yes. He'll have his work, all the things he's been living for. All except you. I can't fight it anymore. I don't know what's right any longer. You'll have to think for both of us, Richard. For all of us.
2: I've already made up our minds, and I think I can arrange everything with Renault. Here's the setup, Louis. I'm selling out my place and leaving Casablanca on tonight's plane, the last plane. Well, and I'm taking Ilza Lund with me. Ilza's Victor Laszlo's wife. Louis, I'll make a deal with you. What is it? I want to be sure that Laszlo doesn't escape this time. If you could get him on a real criminal charge, would, would that be a feather in your cap? It most certainly would. Germany, uh, Vichy would be grateful. And be at my place a half hour before the plane leaves. I'll arrange for Laszlo to be there, thinking I'll sell him the letters of transit.
7: When I hand them to him, that'll give you the criminal grounds for making the arrest. Ricky, I'll miss you. <laughs> Apparently, the only one in Casablanca that has even less scruples than I. Thanks. Oh, and, uh, by the way, Louis, come for Laszlo
2: alone. See, I'm... I'm taking no chances on a double cross, even from you.
7: Double cross? Why, Ricky... You
2: might get ideas about slapping me in the jug for selling those letters, you know. Well, don't forget a half hour before plane time, alone. Don't worry,
7: Ricky. This is an honor I'll share with no one.
9: Monsieur Blaine, I don't know how to thank you.
2: There's no time for that. You won't have any trouble in Lisbon, will you?
9: No, that's all arranged.
2: Good. Well, here are the letters. Mr. Blaine, I...
7: Mr. Laszlo, you're under arrest on a charge of accessory to the murder of the couriers from whom those letters were stolen. Now, just a minute.
2: Nobody's going to be arrested, Louis. Not for a while yet.
6: Uh,
7: Rick, put that gun down. Have you lost your mind?
2: Stay where you are, Louis. I wouldn't like to shoot you. But I will if you take one more step toward me. Keep your hands away from your pistol. I suppose you know what you're doing, but I wonder if you realize what this means, Rick. Perfectly. In fact, Captain Renault, we'll take you along as our hostage so there won't be any trouble at the airport. only ten minutes till the plane leaves. We have to hurry. I'll go get the luggage aboard. Coming here, sir?
0: No. No. I'll wait here with you. Rick and
6: captain.
2: I'll be right back. Well, those letters of transit are in blank, Louis. You fill in the names. That'll make it even more official. Oh, you think of everything, Ricky. The names to fill in are Mr. and Mrs. Victor Laszlo. Mr.
0: Mister... But why my name, Richard?
2: Because you're getting on that plane.
0: But I... What about you?
2: I'm staying here to keep Captain Renault company till the plane leaves. No,
0: no, Richard. What has happened to you last night? We last
2: said... night we said a... We said a great many things. Did you mean everything you said?
0: You know I did.
2: You said I'd have to do the thinking for all of us. Well, my thinking adds up to you getting on that plane with Victor. No, but Richard... I know what you're going to say, that, that you belong here with me.
0: Yes. But if
2: you, if you stayed here, we'd both land in the concentration camp. Isn't that right, Louis? I'm afraid that Major Strasser would insist.
0: You're only saying this to make me go.
2: I'm, I'm no good at being noble, Ilza. I'm saying it because it's right.
0: But what about us?
2: We'll always have Paris. If we didn't have it, we'd lost it. And you came to Casablanca. We got it back last night.
0: When I said that I would never leave you.
2: Everything is in order. Are you ready, Ilsa? Aslo, there's something I'd like you to know
9: before you leave. I know, Monsieur Rick. Ilsa has told me all I need to know about you and herself. I don't ask you to explain
2: anything. I'm going to anyway. Might make a difference to you later. Last night, Ilsa tried everything to get those letters. When nothing else worked, she did her best to pretend that she was still in love with me. That was all over long ago. For your sake, she tried to pretend it wasn't. And I... I tried to let her pretend. We couldn't even fool ourselves. Richard. Mr. Blaine,
9: welcome back in the fight. This time, our sight will win. Shall we board a plane, Ilsa?
0: Yes, Victor, I'm ready. God bless you,
9: Richard.
7: Goodbye. Well, I suppose you know this isn't going to be pleasant for either of us, Ricky. I have to arrest you, of course. When the plane leaves, Louis. Well, sooner, I'm afraid, Ricky. Here comes Major Strasser. you better keep quiet, Louis. I'd hate to have to shoot you now. Why did you ask me to come to the airport, Captain? Well, I was afraid Victor Laszlo might be leaving on this plane, sir. Thought of a double, double cross, eh, Louis? Oh, Lord, the ridiculous ideas, Captain. Possibly. Nevertheless, he's on the plane. Well, why do you stand there? Why don't you stop him? Ask Monsieur Rieke. Stay where you are, Strasser. Herr Blaine, I would
2: advise you not to interfere with an officer of the Third Reich. I'm a true neutral, Strasser. I was willing to shoot Captain Renault, and I'm willing to shoot
7: you.
6: But you'll shoot too late.
7: Oh, nice shooting, Ricky. But I'm afraid my gendarmes heard those shots. Well, till after this affair dies down, Ricky, I think you'd better disappear from Casablanca. I can arrange your transportation to a fighting French garrison in Brazzaville. All right, Louis. I could use the trip, but
2: uh, don't forget, you still owe me 10,000 francs for a bet on Laszlo's escape.
7: Oh, well, uh, we'll need that to get to Brazzaville. We'll need it. Certainly. I can be as silly a sentimentalist as you. You know, Louis, I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship. <laughs>
8: Thanks to Warner Brothers for Casablanca and our sincere appreciation to Ingrid Bergman, Paul Henreid and Humphrey Bogart for appearing with the Lady Esther Screen Guild players tonight.
3: And that was the peerless Humphrey Bogart, Ingrid Bergman and Paul Henreid in Casablanca. Shame Claude Rain wasn't in it though, wasn't it? There's a website called podcastland.com and every month they run a podcast of the month competition. All he needs to do is log on to podcastland.com, find your favorite podcast and uh, and click vote. At the end of March, with one week to go, I put a message out on Facebook and Twitter asking if people wouldn't mind voting for Attaboy Clarence. And in one week, we managed to get to the top five. So I'm eternally grateful if you voted. Thank you so much. It was so lovely to be top five of anything. Today, the votes reset and the competition kicks off again to find the podcast of the month for April. And I was wondering if you wouldn't mind logging on again. It's podcastland.com if you do a search in the box in the top right-hand corner for Attaboy Clarence. If you voted in March, uh, the votes are all reset now, so you can uh, go on and vote again. Also, my my one review on iTunes is looking really lonely. (laughs) If you wouldn't mind popping to iTunes and just putting a review on or, or just rating the show. That'd be fantastic, too. I'm actually uh, going to be on hiatus now for a couple of weeks while I work on episode 11, which is uh, another special documentary-style episode uh, entitled Sex in Monochrome. So I won't be with you next week and possibly the week after. But if you stay subscribed, then I'll be with you as soon as I possibly can. Until then, if you'd like to email me, my uh, email address is adam at attaboyclarence.com. You can join the Facebook page at facebook.com slash attaboyclarets. Follow us on Twitter at @AttaboyC, And go to the website where hopefully new content will still be going up. It's uh, attaboyclarence.com. I'm uh, 10 episodes into this now, and I'm really enjoying uh, making these episodes uh, for you and for myself and uh, I've made some great friends uh, along the way and continue to get wonderful comments and uh, to meet fantastic new people so I hope you'll stay subscribed I hope you'll keep getting in touch and uh, I'll be with you as soon as I can
2: I think this is the beginning of a beautiful friendship
3: take care god bless you and see you very soon bye-bye